welcome to the long overdue series from News As covering anything Simpsons. Cannot believe we've been podcasting since like 2008, I think, and have not done any kind of Simpsons series. Well, we're doing one now. The short run Halloween series. It's our coverage of the Treehouse of Horrors by segment. A little more on that later. Let me introduce everybody. I am Matt, and joining me are two huge Simpsons and Treehouse of Horrors and Halloween fans. My sister Karen. Ahoy, hoy. And from Spoon to Take versus the Podcast and several best of fives, Derek. Hello, everybody. So, what we're doing here, we are going to be going through some Treehouse of Horrors segments. We're not going to do whole episode reviews all in one sitting. We've actually picked segments that we want to review from different Halloween Horror Nights. If you haven't heard our kind of our introduction episode to the Halloween coverage we're doing at News as, you might want to go back and check that out if you want to know what we're covering, because we had a draft, which mainly came from the fact that we all wanted to do Time and Punishment and couldn't decide who was going to be able to do it. <laughs> so from that draft, we picked the episodes we're going to be covering. This is a, right now a short-run series, but it may become a tradition with our Halloween coverage, because Halloween our Halloween coverage gets bigger every year at News as. But Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors, even just talking about that in any way, shape, or form is a natural fit for that. So I am willing to go first if you guys want me to, to kind of set the stage of how we're going to cover these. Or, I mean, we're each going to bring our own thing to the table, but I, we hadn't discussed who, who was going to go first, and we didn't do a draft, but I'm willing to go if you want me to. That's fine by me. Yeah, All right. me too. Okay, well, starting off with one of my draft picks, it's actually the earliest pick I made in terms of Treehouse of Horrors um, releases. It's from the second Treehouse of Horrors. It is from, the, this is where I get, I, my notes, I hope are right. It's the third season of The Simpsons in episode seven. The fact that they didn't do one in the first year has screwed me up in making my notes. I, and, and actually yeah. going back and watching the videos, because I'd be like, okay, this is Treehouse of Horrors three, and it's segment five, and I would turn on season three and realize I'm watching the wrong Treehouse of Horrors. So right. I don't know if you guys ran into that problem or <laughs> oh, not yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm glad I made a list. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, your spreadsheet was you invaluable. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it is the first segment of that episode, and this episode was actually released on Halloween, which is, I've noticed in the early episodes, we have releases within the week of Halloween. I know there's a long period in the middle of all this. I don't think we're going to cover it in our first couple episodes, but a long period where, where Halloween episodes happen after Halloween. Yeah, that's yeah. always really aggravating. And that's because yeah. of the World Series, right? Usually? Yeah, I believe yes. it is. Yeah, yep. I, that's why we need Dave on for one episode from Swick to explain exactly what the deal with that is. No. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I just know it interrupts the Simpsons. Yeah, that's, that's all I need that's to know. That's all that matters. And it needs to be fixed. Right. So... The I, I I wrote down the openings of these episodes because they they kind of the first couple of years they follow a trend but then they they diverge and there's some really good openings but in this opening since it is just the second episode they've kind of done the exact thing they did in the first Treehouse of Horrors and we actually have one of those coming up so I'm not going to go with the details but it's Marge coming out on stage warning everybody that this is not a usual episode of The Simpsons and you're you should put your kids to bed earlier. And and as she's in the middle of this, she kind of just gives up because she is repeating what she said last year and apparently no one listens. So she just is like, well, you didn't listen last year. Why should you listen this year? And then bam, we go into the opening credits. Mm -hmm. I actually like that. That's where they start getting, well, they 
soon they're going to get to a point where it's like, yeah, we have to do this, but we don't want to do this. But this is like the start of that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they almost, they get to a point where they just stop that drop, the drop that wraparound. Yes. In the beginning and, and in between each one. Because I, I kind of think they ran out of ideas. That could be. There's only so much you can do with that. And you're kind of like, and I noticed in some of these early ones, some of the like complaints I have, and I should say, not really complaints, but criticisms, because I'm looking at these more critically for a review. There's some like forced uh, time-lapsing storytelling, so they kind of are stealing themselves a minute or two by setting up the episode, so that might have helped in writing as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Only, it's only a minute or two here and there, but that can make a big difference when you're writing a, a nine-minute segment. And an extra oh, 30 yeah. seconds might help explain something. Yeah. The other another thing they dropped later is making a thread for the entire episode, and I mentioned that because this one does. This episode has like a thread throughout the. There's a premise to this episode, and that's that Bart, Lisa, and Homer eat way too much Halloween candy before they go right. to bed, and they all have nightmares. And each one of the Halloween harn Halloween harn. Wow. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> mixing up my events here. Each Treehouse of Horror story is one of their nightmares. And the one I picked for this is Lisa's Nightmare, and it's called The Monkey's Paw. And this one opens up in Morocco, which Homer confused for Monaco, which right off the bat is always a good joke. For, for me, yes. it was a good joke. Yeah. Homer and his ignorance, you can't go wrong with that. Why would Princess Grace want to live here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he's wearing a fez with a price tag on it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, he comes across a street merchant. And he finds a monkey paw on the table. What is this thing? It is a monkey's paw dating back to a long been after love. It has the power to grant wishes to its owner. Oh, yeah? How much? Sir, I must strongly advise you to not purchase this. Behind every wish lurks grave misfortune. I myself was once president of Algeria. Come on, pal. I don't want to hear your life story. Paw me! The merchant does, and I actually love this, he does as much as he really can verbally to plead with Homer not to buy it. So the instant question comes to mind, well, then why have the damn thing on for sale in the first place if you're so concerned? Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have no story, but no I mean, story, if, yeah. this were, if this were a real, real life canon story, why sell it in the first place? Lock it in a box and hide it under your bed. Well, he's got to warn him to get the, uh, the interest up, you know, oh, okay. you, you really, we really shouldn't have this. And then maybe he'll even want to pay more. Oh, for it's it. like reserve, reverse psychology. Ah. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. Uh, yeah. And you, we know Homer is susceptible to that. <laughs> <That's> true, <yeah. laughs> the more you can't tell him he or can't have or do something, the yeah, the more <laughs> Yeah. The more he'll well, do to actually get it. Usually with horrible yeah. results results. Even when it's not Halloween. Right, exactly. Yeah. There's a great visual gag that follows this when when Marge or uh, when Homer comes back and Marge asks where she got that awful paul he goes that little shop right over there and we see like a little dust cloud <laughs> tornado and it's mysterious and he's like oh wait it was over there and there's the shop owner waving with his mouth open saying y'all be sorry I, and his mouth doesn't actually move he's <laughs> <laughs> noticed that too yes <laughs> that was like that is like the basic of an animation it was like just a loop of his hand going up and down uh-huh. back and forth i love it i love early simpsons for betty well all right Maybe not early, early Simpsons, like when the Homer's voice was weird, but past that, when, when, uh, yeah, they still hadn't, uh, their animation wasn't what it was today. I mean, it was still yeah. probably a lot of hand drawn, and I'm sure like Korea or China or wherever they oh, yeah. do that, but it wasn't 
super smooth and yeah you had problems like this and it made it gave the sheriff show a little bit of <laughs> its charm <laughs> Uh, there was, and after, after this exchange, there was a weird, and I, it's been a little while since I watched this. I remember the story of it, but then there was the, the quick throwaway, almost like economic joke of where Homer gets stopped on the plane by taping, cause he was smuggling souvenirs under his shirt and he had to pay a fine of two American dollars. Just a moment. Don't shoot, don't shoot, they're souvenirs. You must pay a fine. Of two American dollars. Okay. I was expecting, since it's been a while, for that to have something to do with the paw, but that scene had like nothing to do yeah, with, no. <laughs> with the monkey's paw. It was just like a commentary on world economics. Yeah. For whatever reason. I don't remember what was going on back in, when was this, 1991? If there was, if that was a big hotspot issue, but it, that was, I don't, <laughs> that, that seemed kind of odd. Not odd, odd. I mean, it still gave me a chuckle, but I don't know. I get, yeah. I mean, I still find it funny traveling internationally. Mm. I always have to write down everything that I bought on my custom sheet before I come in. And it's like I, I, candy and souvenirs. <laughs> I, yeah. That's what actually, it, that makes more sense. So it's like, it might be more of a joke on that. Like, he, yeah. he goes to all that trouble to avoid paying $2. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. more sense to me. I thought it was an economics joke. I don't travel internationally much at all, so I don't get that. I I mean, I don't have that experience. That makes sense. Yeah, because you always have to declare everything that you bought. And it seems so stupid because 90% of the time, it's stupid knickknacks like that. Right. Gotcha. It's like, and the customs people don't even really look at it. <laughs> they anyway. Just, they just made sure you actually wrote something down. Yeah. Said, well, they must be honest. Yeah. She looks honest. Purple hair tattoos. She's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She looks like she eats, you know, five Can- pounds of candy. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made that joke and not me. <laughs> and glad Quint's not on this episode. Oh, God. <laughs> so they get back home and they start arguing for what the what the wish for with the paw. And while they're arguing, Maggie actually picks up the paw and makes a wish. Oh, no. Maggie made a wish. Oh, my. Ooh, a luxury car. Good, baby. Good, Maggie. Ooh, a new pacifier. Don't! Well, everyone gets concerned because what that you wish for, and then this luxury limo pulls up. And that makes everyone happy, particularly Homer happy. But until they find out it was just delivering a new, possibly gold-plated, because it gleamed, I couldn't quite tell what it was, pacifier. A new pacifier. Fancy pacifier of some sort. Yes. For sure. I always assumed it was gold plated. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, yeah it had the, something about it or else what was she, unless it was just clean, very clean. Yeah, that <laughs> she, could be it. She it's, went big. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so with the pacifier wish already already taking one paw, and I forget there's another thing I forgot. I forgot that the thumb was a was a wish. So there's four wishes on this. I always thought it was the three with the fingers. But there's there's four. So we got three more to go. Bart picks up the paw and he wishes for the Simpsons to be rich and famous. Pa, this is Bart. I wish for the Simpsons to be rich and famous. Now you're talking. Yay! Woohoo! Look, everybody! My purse exploded! Come on, everybody. We're going to the fanciest restaurant in town. I have kind of a problem with the, this part of the story that I'll come back to later, but kind of, I've talked myself in and out of this problem. So we'll talk about it more at the end here, but I just wanted to ne- put a verbal note out there to remember, to remind myself, actually, we're going to talk about this, 
But before that, we get to that. Let's get to what the rich and famous thing brings in. So first thing that happens is that money just starts popping out everywhere. It appears on the floor. Homer opens a wallet. It bursts open. Marge comes running in. That her purse basically exploded with money. So they start to enjoy this new lifestyle, and they go to dinner. We cut to the Gilded Truffle. And the first direct question I have for both of you is, who has this restaurant and tapped out? Oh, I do. Oh, I, yeah. I okay, I figured, I figured we all had it. It was like yeah. one of the very first premium things. Not premium yeah. things, but the uh, one of the first uh, things you could build, if I remember right, outside of like yeah. the church and the houses and everything. Yeah. And I forgot that. Is this the only appearance of the Gilded Truffle? No, I think Homer no. takes Marge there. Okay, so it's a town restaurant that uh, kind of recurring. Yeah. I yeah, couldn't remember I, I, for sure if it was just this or if it had been around again. Okay. I think anytime I think he they takes need her a there fancy. when he gives her the bowling ball. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a great callback then. And they're supposed to go there for their anniversary in one episode, but they didn't couldn't find a babysitter for the kids, so they ended up going to the restaurant in a plane. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have that on tapped out too. <laughs> really? <laughs> I haven't played that in a while. Cause it cost me like <laughs> seven donuts to catch up. <laughs> uh, so, okay. As we walk through the ref, the, the uh, restaurant, we hear mumblings about how the Simpsons are getting old and they're getting on people's nerves. And this is actually really self referential for the time here. I think. If I hear one more thing about the Simpsons, I swear I'm going to scream. <laughs> At first they were cute and funny, but now they're just annoying. Which I have to hand hand it to the writers. They they make fun of whoever they want mm-hmm. and whatever they want, and particularly Fox. I, I mean, I understand. I, I've read this more than once that this was an agreement they made with Fox when they signed a the deal. They they're no holds barred, including Fox. But they're actually doing a pretty accurate job. And <laughs> another no hold barred uh, job at making fun of themselves a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, starting with the expensive and cheaply designed shirts. I mean, yep. a Bart just saying "Hi, man." Hi, yeah. I mean, man. <laughs> and the, his shirt color is wrong. I always love that about the merchandise yeah. that his shirt was blue and never orange. I was like, why? Why? <laughs> what is the problem here? Why can't they give him an orange shirt? Uh, the the one that killed me was the uh, Simpsons Calypso CD. And oh track. God, yeah. Because <laughs> I never actually bought the Simpsons Sings the Blues. It's have you guys heard that? Is it any good? I mean, it's probably kind of funny. We're in the process of uh, doing some late spring cleaning, and I kid you not, I just found this on cassette oh, in really? my attic. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know I had a Simpsons cassette, too. And it must have been that one. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I never had this, and I just thought it was an odd thing. I mean, I, I guess, and I don't even, I, maybe I made the assumption the blues with the, was a Marge hair joke, but it's like, I've I I know well I know I've heard it because they do have they have a couple of tracks over at Springfield at Universal but I've I like I always thought that was a very odd piece of merchandise and apparently they did too because they went almost as odd and put Calypso That's and the song yep. they were playing was was <laughs> awesome. Man smart, the woman is smarter. Man smart, yeah. The duet, I love this. <laughs> and of course, to to exaggerate the fun they're making at themselves is the classic get a mammogram man billboard yes <laughs> <laughs> we'll put them on anything yeah exactly. and that's pretty much what they did they did yeah oh, they, sure yeah they, the only thing i bought the only thing i had from then and i actually got it for christmas and i wish i would i almost I, I wish i had it because we we do that board game show was the um simpsons mystery was a meaning of life game or mystery of life i think it's meaning of life game 
Hmm. And it was their own board game. There's like Simpsons clue i have that there's probably mm-hmm. a monopoly i think there's a shoots i'm positive there's shoots and ladders but this was a sim this was this was not a rebranded game by parker brothers anyone it was their own game and i know i got it for christmas and it was like super cheaply made it's like the the, the pawns were just cardboard punch outs you put on a little plastic stand they didn't even have molded pieces and it was dice and there was like cards so it's probably a, a simple roll move and move back mm-hmm. or move forward according to the cards. But I wish, I wish that had made the move to Florida and it's been so long. I, I'm sure with the way, um, Karen, as you know, mom holds on to everything. It's, uh, it's somewhere up in she, the attic. She may still have it's it. It's probably yeah. around. Yeah. But that was like, that's like the only thing I remember getting. I never got a t-shirt and I never bought the t-shirts because the part shirt was blue. It drove me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always looked like I was wearing an, uh, like a, a bootleg. Uh, I, I felt like right. I'd be wearing a bootleg copy. Yeah, I think even the first doll, the first talking doll shirt was blue. I don't get that. I, that might be an I Have yeah. Questions episode. Why was the merchandise for Bart blue? But anyway, okay, enough of my merchandise rant. My unplanned <laughs> merchant, unscripted merchandise rant. We go back to the Paul, and Lisa wishes for world peace, which is followed by a priceless line for, from Homer. See, John, that was very selfish of you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now this this is awesome. This is what this is one of the things I love as an adult with The Simpsons, and I love talking to people that are that are closer to my generation, like you guys. Immediately we cut to the UN, and there's a Falkland Islands joke. This is a joke that anyone that was born like since The Simpsons has started airing will never get. Right. No one will understand that joke. Right. <laughs> Someone that's 20 years old will watch that and have no idea that that's actually kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, poor Lou. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know what kind of history buff. That's the only hope for Lou. If he's any kind of history buff, he might get it. But you're right. He's probably too young to get that yeah. joke. <laughs> uh, so we follow that up with all weapons being incinerated. The Pentagon is turned into a mall. Hippies are singing. And they're <laughs> hand in hand making a giant peace symbol on the, on the United States, on the North American continent. And this sets up the earth as a prime target for Kang and Kodos to take over. Now I'm not going to say much about them because their first appearance will be coming in one of these first two episodes. We don't, don't know when yet someone will reveal that when they get to their pick, but I don't want to say too much more about Kang and Kodos yet. Cause I have more notes or not notes, but things I want to say about when to get their first appearance, but everyone knows who Kang and Kodos is. I shouldn't have to explain this. I don't think if you're listening to a Treehouse of horrors episode, yeah, they land on Earth with a superior weaponry of a club and a slingshot. <laughs> and I love the take on the like the old like 30s to 50s alien movies of the line, we come in peace. They flip that on their head and say, People of Earth, we come to you in the spirit of hostility and menace. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <Yeah. laughs> so the humans are quickly rounded up and enslaved. Homer try- takes a paw and tries to make one positive wish out of this and he's wishing for a turkey sandwich very specific turkey sandwich has to have mustard he doesn't want it made out of a zombie turkey he doesn't want to turn into a turkey himself and he the sandwich appears everything is fine until turkey's a little dry the turkey's a little dry oh the cursed thing what demon from the depths of hell created me? And that is about the biggest reaction we get out of Homer out of all the terrible things oh, that have happened yeah. in this episode. <laughs> Turkey's a little dry. 
I, I wish I wrote down his lines. I'll probably plug him in, but he like has some really like some some serious verbiage in his on, on yeah. how upset he is about this yeah. about this turkey being dry. This is the same man that kept a a hoagie next to his bed right. for months and months. Yeah, right. I can't stay mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> so now that the 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 Paul is out of wishes. Homer goes to throw it out, but Flanders sees it. Homer is about to warn him, but then realizing that if he hands this off to Flanders, he might have the same misfortune. So at least there's some, there might be a positive outcome for Homer, at least in this, in his mind. I'm, I'm speaking in his mind, which isn't hard for me some days, especially this early in the morning. <laughs> so he thinks the same misfortune will fall on Ned. But as usual, when Homer does something like this, it is uh, the, the, the exact opposite happens. Now, I want to set this up because every segment that we so far have made, have made, I've made note, notes for, as soon as I see the title, I think of a specific scene or line. And I'm going to point that out as we go. And in this one, this is, and, and usually the lines or this, this reason is the ones why I picked my episode. So I picked my episode with this scene in line, or I mean, sorry, this scene in mine. Kneel before my slingshot, puny earthling. Well... I guess my first wish is to get rid of those awful aliens. Ah, he's got a board with a nail in it. <laughs> because of that scene alone is why I picked this episode. <laughs> that is my favorite scene slash line, yeah. whatever you want to call it in this one. Yeah. So Kang and Kodos retreat to their ship. They flee Earth and they have this great soliloquy on how Earthlings will continue to create bigger boards with bigger nails. <laughs> Soon they'll make a board with a nail big enough to destroy them all. <laughs> it's a great wrap up for them. <laughs> so now Ned is loved by all of Springfield, will loved even more. And he goes home and decides to spruce up the old homestead. It turns into a uh, Flanders colored version of basically cinderella's castle at disney world yeah. that's the first thing i thought of it's a castle a purple castle yeah. <laughs> christy would love that she loves purple so do you karen you might yeah. like that purple castle yeah so now here's my problem with the episode but i kind of talked myself out of it so this might be a, a little waste of our time here but ned just made two wishes now maggie bart and lisa each made one wish so according to that bit of continuity they should have each gotten four wishes but then the further thought came to me is that maybe that paul just hands out wishes until the fingers are closed and then reset so it doesn't matter who's holding it am i overthinking this or do you have any <laughs> anything to comment on that idea okay that is my question i just assumed oh. it went with the family the f that's that was like my yeah that was kind of yeah. like in between those two as well yeah i thought it whenever it changed ownership it would it would uh regenerate their wishes okay well let's say dna has something to do with it and all the simpsons at least had some matching dna and that's why it never reset until ned got his hands on it well you, you know marge took homer's dna when they got married <laughs> that's right. Right, yeah. right well you know what she doesn't make a witch so that actually yeah, that actually helps right. prove that, that doesn't yeah hey look at us <laughs> we're like csi right. over right, here. Yeah. <laughs> for a cartoon i'm not sure what that says about <laughs> any of us uh but but really in the end that didn't ruin anything it was just like hey wait a minute i never thought of this before which happens yeah. a lot i mean when we do these review shows and it really happens with um sitcoms i mean because that th those aren't necessarily the most right. continuity accurate things on tv so but it was just as one of those one of those wait a minute moments, and really that's the end of this segment. So 
just to wrap up a review on my end, then I'll ask you guys your opinion. I mean, this this is obviously one of the all time classics for me. It's uh, I wouldn't have picked it otherwise. It's the start of their their sophomore entry into the Treehouse of Horror lineage. They had to follow the, if they were going to make this an annual thing. It had to be strong as strong, if not stronger than the first one. I think this one, this segment was actually. I think they all were in this episode. Um, had some good laughs. The Notably, the board with a nail on it, obviously. We just talked about that not five minutes ago. It's my favorite part of the episode. And it's it, it when I watch Treehouse of Horror episodes, this is, and I do kind of, when I'm getting the house ready for the, I slipped, the word slipped out earlier, Halloween Horror Nights. We have a little bit of a party down here. Actually, Karen, I'll be here for this year. And it's that's, that's an easy thing to put on. They're all on my Apple TV. So it's an easy thing to just put on and shuffle. And I always make sure when, when this monkey's paw one comes up, I kind of stop what I'm doing and watch because I want to catch the line. So this is an easy, easy five out of five for me. I don't know what we want to call them five. I, I, I toyed with the idea of tombstones since every episode opens with funny tombstones. So I guess I can call it five out of five tombstones instead of stars. Doesn't really matter. The rating for me is a is a simple, easy five out of five, no question. Even with the well, actually, you know what? I did have maybe what it took a little off for the the uh, different people making a wish, but we solved that problem, so we closed that gap and rounded it out to a five for me. What do you it guys goes think? From a four point eight five to a five. That's right. Yeah, because the fact that four people held it and then Flanders got two wishes, I had a huge problem with that until we solved it. <laughs> He was writing letters daily. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> going to write it. another one. Sorry, we figured it <laughs> out. Someone wrote back, said a wizard did it. <laughs> oh, more on that later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you guys think of this one? Not all at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really like this one. The, the, the earlier ones, like you were saying, are always my favorites. Uh, just because they're... They're cheesy, but they're a little bit more story based, and it, it it didn't get to the point yet where we're like we're completely out of ideas. Let's just start making random shit up. <laughs> so I I really like the the idea that they went with like the classic horror kind of a thing or classic you know like uh, suspense drama kind of thing. And yeah, the idea of the Simpsons being able to make such drastic wishes is just kind of hysterical. Yeah. What do you give yeah. it out of five? Uh, I, I'll give it a five out of five. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I, it's on the top of my list too because pretty much for the same reasons that you guys said. It's it's um, with it being one of the first couple episodes. It's yeah, they're they're just getting their their. Yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, I get what you're. I, I follow, they I follow they what have you're all their, they, yeah. it, They're using all their good ideas now, and yep. and and it it shows. Yep, sure. So uh, you said five out of five already, or did you not? I didn't say, but oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we were gonna four point nine nine. Four point nine nine. Okay, I yeah. did find real quick after doing these is like you know what we picked our favorites. It's there's not a whole lot of times it's not going to be five out of five for me. It'll, yeah, it'll be That's more interesting yeah. when I. Yeah, I do have a couple that are not, and and I think it's because of the further I went down, I was like, I gotta like start finding right. something to quibble about just to make it interesting yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes but uh i do have some that are not five out of five just as a little preview there um oh i wrote jack-o'-lanterns at one point did i change it up every time i wrote notes i guess i, guess I did <laughs> i guess it all depends on what the episode started with because this one did actually start with a jack-o'-lantern that's kind of funny 
Anyway, that's enough for my segment. We've got two more to go. So who wants to go next? Again, not all at once. Yeah. You want to go next, Karen? <laughs> yeah, I'll go next. Okay. All right. Which? The, oh, sorry, the segment ahead. I picked for my first one is um, from Trias Horrors 5, Season 6, and it's the Nightmare Cafeteria all right. segment. I, I love this one. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Hey, I do want to say that this is like the this has been one of the best ways of watching Treehouse of Horrors as it was like watching a best of list. It actually makes me want to uh, if it didn't take if there weren't so many episodes, there wasn't a tremendous amount of work. I would like to like rip the CD, the DVDs and then edit them so I could shuffle just the segments. But oh, I yeah. don't have that kind of time. Yeah, that's <laughs> that'd be yeah, that's a lot of work. Yep. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's like 20, 26. 26 Halloween episodes times three. That's like 14 million or something. I don't, yeah, I'm not good at math, up, but it's a lot. Up in the high 70s at this point. Yeah, right. That is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I have a fast forward button that works just well. Yep. Just fine. Just well? That's good. Just, yeah, it just was. <laughs> I was actually responding to someone on Facebook and I typed the word well and said it aloud. Uh, I can't multitask. If anyone, that, anyone that's ever listened moment. to news as knows, I can't do that. So. He's having a Ralph Wiggum moment. <laughs> <laughs> Me no good at... Wait, oh shit, what's the line? Oh my God. Me feel English? English? That's, that's a- impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I've used impossible many times in my life. Oh yes. Since that episode, I want to say. Not, not by... Well, we can st- never mind. Uh-huh. All right. Nightmare Cafeteria. So Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, this ep- the episode aired right around Halloween. It was on the 31st or the 30th. Yeah. Sorry. 30th, 1994. So this was another one that aired real close to Halloween. Yeah. Uh, hadn't gotten into the November area yet. And uh, it starts out almost like they're at a, it's like a regular day of school. Uh, all the kids are waiting for Miss Kabrapple to show up. And Bart gets all excited. He's like, hey, let's turn our desks around. <laughs> all the kids are like, yeah, let's do it. So, And Miss Kabrapple walks in. And you see that Bart's the only one that turned his desk around. Everybody else is still facing forward. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Bart looks like the, like, like the idiot, as he usually does. And Miss Kabrapple's like, all right, backwards, boy, detention. This is where we... Uh, Start to see that the detention room is overflowing. You got kids' faces pressed up against the glass. I can we let me out now? <laughs> <laughs> so um, Skinner sends Bart into the cafeteria with the rest of the overflow. I I got a comment about this. Uh, both both those the the, the overpressed glass and the cafeteria. Uh-huh. When we walk by and the kids press up the glass, which is awesome, one yeah. of them is upside down and it's Wendell. Yeah. Right. Then we go in the cafeteria and Wendell's sitting there. And then later <sighs> in the episode, Wendell gets to tell you, how much trouble is this kid getting into? <laughs> <laughs> cool. All yeah. I know that he does is puke on a bus. How was that a, a, a repeatable <laughs> offense? <laughs> why does he get so much attention for puking on a bus? Well... Maybe there's stuff about Wendell we just That's don't know. That's probably not that. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't explored Wendell. I know they have not had a Wendell centric episode. <laughs> we need one. We need to know what kind of troublemaker child. this kid is. After thirty some years, we finally need a Wendell episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start writing letters. <laughs> <laughs> what I noticed in the cafeteria is that all the kids are sitting on the same sides of the tables. That's yeah. So they're all cramming into like. 
the one side of the table that's that you you could see them from like what would be a camera angle. Yeah, right. Okay. So you don't see the back of any kid, any of the kids. So well, they're all right. cramming in on one side. You've clearly never been in detention. <laughs> oh, is that how it's done? You, you all sit f- on the you same fast, side. You face forward. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah you it's don't true. face each other. No, you clearly have, were goody two shoes in school. <laughs> oh, I was gonna okay. say that didn't that didn't phase me at all. I was like, yep, that's right. Yeah, there had to be somebody standing at the front of the cafeteria barking orders or yeah. something. Huh. So we know Karen's no Wendell. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I never threw up on a bus. <laughs> it's overcrowding and detention is becoming critical. It's a powder keg waiting to go off in an explosion of unacceptable behavior. Don't bitch to me, boss man. Thanks to the latest budget cuts, I'm down to using grade F meat. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was some sort of common solution to both our problems? That would be great. And this Okay, so in the cafeteria, Skinner and uh, Lunch Lady Doris are talking about their issues. And, and Lunch Lady Doris's issue is, she because of budget cuts, she's been forced to use grade F meat. <laughs> That's where we see the box of grade F meat, which is... Mostly circus animals with some filler. <laughs> I, love <that. laughs> I love that. There, that's almost, I don't know if it's a recurring joke because I only think of two, but she said some of the best, like, as weird as the statement is going to be, meat-related jokes. Yeah, there's sure. that, and there was the, there's very little meat in these mattresses. Yes. Like, why is there any meat in those mattresses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At that point, Skinner wishes that there was some solution to both their problems, and Jimbo happens to trip lunch lady Doris right at that same moment. And she spills it. It's just uh, like a random food goo all over yeah, him. It's green. Yes. At the, and, and ruins his favorite outfit. <laughs> yeah, That's a great little self referential thing too. They yes. point out that no one ever changes their clothes in this show or rarely. Yeah. And that's where Skinner gets a light bulb. Yeah. The solution. And then we see uh, Jimbo helping Lunch Lady Doris scrub out a pot at which he's inside the pot scrubbing it. And this is where is one of my favorite lines <laughs> in this <laughs> segment. And it's, it's hard for me to clean this giant pot when you keep spilling meat tenderizer all over me. Oh, great. Now I got to work in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled up. Um, grade F meat real quick This to see that circus filler and whatever and there's also a picture of Malk and I, I, I it reminds me how yes. I, I love the jokes of how poor the quality f- the food is in yeah. in uh, the cafeteria now with vitamin R yeah. I gotta look over at the healthy section at Springfield next time at Universal Studios and see if they have cartons of milk that actually say Malk okay. yeah that would not surprise me yeah that, that would, would, that would be kind of perfect yep <laughs> That's why Bart has brittle bones, yeah. <laughs> even though he drinks his milk every day. I drink plenty of milk. So fast forward to the next day, and the teachers are in the teacher lounge enjoying their lunch, which Mrs. Krabappel comments about how young and tasty lunch is. <laughs> so young and impudent. Yes. <laughs> Where then Skinner reveals that they are eating Jimbo. Well, perhaps I ought to let you folks in on a secret. You remember me telling Jimbo Jones that I'd make something of him one day? <gasps> Are you saying you killed Jimbo, processed his carcass, and served him for lunch? <laughs> I love this. It's like, it's just cut right to the story. It's like yeah. Skinner sets up the line, and then Krabappel 
does the exposition in one sentence. It's like, let's not even play with this. Let's not make it a mystery. Let's get right to the fun of starting to eat the students. I was like, that is awesome. It's like, it's so forced, but it works so well. I mean, and you can only get away with it on like in a sitcom or even a short short bit like this on the Simpsons. And it's yeah. like, n- n- normally on a regular episode of anything, I'd complain about exposition, but it's this, it's like, all right, okay. good. No. Got it out of the way. Let's go. Yep. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Let's start sizing up the rest of the kids. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. So then they moved to the, the lunch cafeteria where the special of the day is sloppy Jimbo's. Yep. <laughs> and this is where my next favorite line comes in. Uder comes running up. For lunch lady, please do have another sloppy Jimbo. That is my second favorite line yeah, or sequence or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. And that's where Skinner's like, we better watch it. You're going to get fat and tasty. <laughs> and, uh, and so he sends him to sends him to detention for cutting, cutting line. line yeah. Cut the line. Detention. And when he asks for how long, oh, seven minutes a pound should do. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Like, oh, man. Isn't that where he does the creepy uh, lip smack thing, too? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So then the next day, lunch is Uderbraten. And that's where Lisa starts to question how strange it is that they haven't seen Uder all day. Mm-hmm. And lunch happens to be Uderbraten. (laughs) And this here is my favorite sequence with Skinner, even though it's like, I I said, this is so cheesy and you see the joke coming, but I was like, I I can't Mm -hmm. put that as my favorite. I'm like, but no, it is my favorite. I'm going to put this as my favorite sequence because it is. Oh, relax, kids. I've got a gut feeling Uder's around here somewhere. (laughs) After all, isn't there a little Uder in all of us? In fact, you you might even say we just ate Uder and he's in our stomachs right now. <laughs> Wait, scratch that one. After the, I've never attempted to make sausage, and I don't know that I will, but I do like to dabble in cooking every once in a while. You damn well better believe if I ever make a sausage, it will be called an Uder Broughton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't care what the ingredients are, it will be called Uder Broughton. <laughs> Might have to make sausage just to call it Uder. I was gonna say. I mean, I'm 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 dabbling in brewing beer. I may want to do next year an Oktoberfest, and it's gonna be maybe it'll be Treehouse. I've, I've been naming stuff after shows we do. Now that we have this Treehouse of Horrors thing established, podcast <laughs> established, I might do a little, maybe a little special with the like a I don't know a pale ale of horrors and an Uderbrotten special. Right. I don't know something like that. Side of sloppy Jimbo's. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> huh. I see a themed Halloween party. Oh. My house. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I can bring a keg of beer on the plane, but you can um, try. That's all right. I'll come down there. Okay. That's much easier. All right. So now that they figured out that they're sending the kids to detention and eating them, Lisa and Bart go running to Marge to try and, oh. you know, we're telling the adult we need help. Oh, you missed, and- you missed my favorite actual visual joke. When they combined everybody in the same class? Oh, no, this is hasn't happened yet, has it? No, it hasn't happened Oh, I'm yet. sorry. Okay, I'll scratch yeah. that. Yeah. I feel I'm like a Skinner here. now. Best word. <laughs> and this, I love Marge's reaction to this. Listen, kids, you're 8 and 10 years old now. I can't be fighting all your battles for you. But, Mom! No buts. You march right back to that school, look them straight in the eye, and say, don't eat me. 
<laughs> I, just, I love that. It's like almost like, all right, I've had enough of you kids coming and running with your problems. Just let me get the laundry done and you figure it out. <laughs> and then this is where we see the kids um, all combined into one class. And all, all we have left is Lisa, Bart, Millhouse, Ralph, and like you said before, Wendell. Yes. <laughs> and who gets detention? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Steal your thunder. <laughs> it's, and it's Wendell, all because he drops his pencil. Yeah. But this is another good visual part in this is we see that Krabappel, <clears throat> apparently children are very fattening. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, all the teachers, because you see Skinner, too, have gained quite a bit of weight over the last several days. Right. <laughs> The the visual in this scene that I that cracked me up and I forgot about it. I've obviously saw it before, but Mrs. Krabappel is writing the homework assignment on the chalkboard, which is eat a stick of butter. Butter, yes. <laughs> yep. This this scene is just full of good visuals because then a- after that you also see that Millhouse notices that Krabappel is sitting reading a how to prepare Millhouse recipe <laughs> book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that scene is just, it's just great. You got Wendell shaking, which rattles his, his desk and makes the pencil fall off and get him detention. Krabappel's um, gained weight, the book. It, yeah, it's just. So then when Milhouse notices the book, that's when he starts to encourage Bart and Lisa that maybe they should start to make a break for it. Right. So they do. The three of them do make a break for it. And, um, at that point, they're attacked by Lunch Lady Doris with a uh, electric mixer. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> like uh, okay, it might hurt. It but. might. It would be annoying, but yeah. uh, you gotta love it though. You gotta love that she's yeah. blood splattered and there's blood yes. dripping from the thing. I mean, it's just like right. it's another one of those things. You, you, I think you're actually meant to think about, and it's supposed to get be more ludicrous the more thought you put into it. Yes. I think it's still, uh, definitely a deliberate choice of weaponry yeah. in this scene. But she can only have so much distance with that. Isn't that That's a plug-in true. kind yeah. of device? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come a little closer, kids. <laughs> Don't move. And we have Willie tries to save them. And this is where we have the runner yeah. for the show. Yeah. Yes. They don't always have in the Treehouse of Horrors. Hold on, kids. I'm coming to rescue the lot of you. Oh, Ugh, I'm bad at this. Willie gets stabbed in the back with an axe. Yep. <laughs> which happens to him in, in all three segments of that episode, which is hilarious. Because he just gets to the point where he's like, oh, I'm no good at this. Yep, I know. He just, <laughs> a nice little self-reference once again. Yep. <laughs> so somehow they end up in like a garage area, just precariously hovering over a Hamilton Beach student chopper. <laughs> Hamilton Beach. I love it. So, yes. Because we have a Hamilton I Beach. I think a actual... toaster. We have something Hamilton Beach. Either that yes. or a waffle maker. It's I such a nice little actual... detail. Yep. Yep. Yeah. An actual name brand. Yeah. They didn't go cheap on, on their <laughs> right, yep. their food preparation. I figure we're going to use it a lot. We might as well go for quality. Yep. At this point, like Bart's all right. He's pretty confident that something will save them. And at that moment, <laughs> Millhouse loses his footing and falls into the chopper. And Bart's like, Nevertheless, I remain confident that something will come along and save the two Simpson children. That's pitting your hopes at almost desperation. Yeah. Nevertheless, I'm confident something will save the, the Simpson children. Yes. <laughs> and at that point, that's when Bart, Bart, uh, 
Bart, not Bark. <laughs> Bart wakes up to realize that it's it's all been just a bad dream. Yeah, and that's kind of my my nitpick of the episode is that we yeah. don't really have an ending. No, because then he wakes up and the whole family is just standing around his bed. Like Marge is even holding Maggie. Lisa's there and she's like, it's okay. There's nothing you need to worry about. Oh, except that creepy smog that's been turning people (laughs) inside out. Yeah. (laughs) And then the smog leaks in, turns them all inside out and they break into a song and dance number to end the show. For not having a ending um, to this segment, it is a great, re- and, and by great I mean utterly ridiculous oh, yes. ending to the to the, the episode. episode. So I can't yeah. really, you know, I, I take points right. away, but then I put some back. You know, it's yeah. like <laughs> I, mean, the fact I, I that love the- I love the little end tag there where uh, where they're all dancing and and Santa's little helper runs up and grabs Grandpa's <laughs> yeah. leg and rips it off. Right. Yep. Yes. <laughs> And they even have like the blood splatter coming off of them. Yeah. So it's just the in- insides of them. Yep. But they have hat canes and everything. I mean, it's a completely. It, they were oh, prepared right. to perform. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really. <laughs> it kind of negates my complaints pretty much. <laughs> and I would. I, it's one of my favorites. I, anytime you say Treehouse of Hearts, that's usually the first thing I think of. Is the uh, please to have a sloppy Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> So I would certainly give this a five. Okay. Tombstones out of five. Nice. Um, really, my nitpick is the ending. And because of that, yeah. and, it's, and like I said, it, I'm nitpicking to not have all fives out of fives. I give it a four out of five, but it's, I mean, it, that's, that is a quibble. It's not even a complaint. And right. it's just, you know, like I said, trying to find reasons not to make five out of five everything, really. <laughs> so I'll give it a four <laughs> out of five. And, but I do, I do. That there's some great moments in this, absolutely memorable and, and visual. So I, I really don't have any serious complaints. It's it's now we're, now I'm putting on a, uh, I'm pretending to be a critic and just picking at it. So, but otherwise, as a fan, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I would definitely have to go about four, four and a half with this one. Um, I think my favorite part of the whole episode uh, is Marge telling them they have to deal with their own problems. <laughs> yeah. Look at them and say, yeah. "Don't eat me." Yeah, <laughs> you know okay. they they always run to the parents to to save them, and it's about time that Marge is just like I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool! All right, so that leaves one more segment, and it is Derek. So, Derek, what do you got for this yes. episode? Okay, for uh, for the first episode, I'm going to do uh, a segment from Treehouse of Horrors ten. Ah, so we're okay. jump we're jumping into the future a wee yeah. bit. Um, this was season 11. This was another one that aired on Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I think at that, at this point, they started getting really sparse with their on Halloween episodes. So it's always nice to see one on the actual holiday. Right. Uh, this one is called desperately Zeking Xena. Um, so basically we start out at the, uh, Springfield elementary school and the kids have all done their trick-or-treating for the night, and they are getting their candy checked by the x-ray machine uh, by the local police force. 
Um, all the kids are in line in costume, and in the background, you do see somebody run by in a Binky the uh, Binky the Bunny costume from uh, Life and Hell. <laughs> Hell right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For uh, a, a nod to Matt at the at the end of that uh, at the beginning of his career with the comics. Right. Um, we also see uh, Ralphie is the first one to come up. He's dressed like a policeman, and one of my favorite lines in the episode uh wiggum looks at him and goes well 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 if it isn't the cutest police officer in springfield hey, you know we got feelings too chief <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the, both of the cops just look so dour and so sad <laughs> so he's checking all the candy and noticing there's uh razor blades and syringes but gets really excited when he sees the white chocolate <laughs> which i don't know how he checked that on an x-ray machine but yeah yeah. Well, the for, for, follow-up question for me is, I don't know how anyone gets excited about white chocolate. Well, yeah, yeah. there's that, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we see a couple more costumes. Uh, Nelson's dressed like Jughead. Uh, of course, Lisa's dressed like Amelia Earhart, because she has to be some uh, a powerful woman right. figure. Uh, and Milhouse comes up dressed as Radioactive Man, wearing one of those masks with the uh, with the smock with yes, radioactive yes. face on it i love so it, it one of those old ben cooper costumes yes which which i actually still have a darth vader one of those oh, really? so, so and it's, I, I, it's exactly like they described it it's a darth it vader is. mask and on a friend it says darth vader like in a big yellow burst right right yeah i remember those so, so lisa picks on him and says i don't think the real radioactive man wears a plastic smock with a picture of himself on it he would on halloween right, yeah. so uh, Mil- or, uh, Nelson goes up to the machine and has so much candy that he has to jam it into the machine. In a pillowcase, uh, no less. Yeah. Of course. Reminding us that Nelson is poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, all his costume is is a Jughead hat. So, I mean, he didn't go right. above. Is that what, okay, I, could, right. I always, for some reason, I always like, I just, the the the, the um, Nelson costumes I remember him in costume. I don't remember what episode. Usually because they're always like one single thing, like you were saying. I thought this was the pirate one where he just had a headband on and an eye patch, but still had his vest and shirt and right. <laughs> his normal outfit. <laughs> uh, so he starts jamming up the machine and uh, it starts rattling. And all of a sudden you see all the, the radiation, the green radiation. And uh, Skinner looks at it and goes, Uh-oh, radiation. Duck and cover. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a plethora of children just standing around. Uh, of course, the radiation shoots right towards Bart. Right. Lisa jumps to save him and gets crushed by a uh, collapsible uh, bleacher set. Uh, Skinner's heartbroken because the mathletes are never going to survive this, this <laughs> loss. But fortunately for Lisa, the radiation gave her super strength, and she picks up the bleachers and throws them straight up through the roof, and they just go flying off to space somewhere. Uh, Bart's very excited by this and starts looking around to try to see if he has superpowers and doesn't notice that he's actually stretching when he's looking around. (laughs) So he figures out that he has Mr. Fantastic like powers for stretching and, and decides that he, he must only use this power to annoy. (laughs) So he shoots his hand out through the window and comes around to the door, knocks on the door, Skinner opens it and they do a, Three Stooges routine, which ends up with Skinner getting smacked in the face. (laughs) So at this point, Lisa's decided, well, we have these superpowers. We should be superheroes. Uh, So they become Stretch Dude and Clobber Girl. That name Clobber Girl 
for the longest time, well, at least for one long conversation, when I was talking to someone about Kick-Ass, I kept mixing up Clobber Girl and Hit Girl. Yeah. I kept oh, calling, yeah. I was like talking about uh, Kick-Ass and referring to Clobber Girl, and my friend was like, who are you, who are you talking about? I'm like, God damn it, I mean Hit Girl. I mean, ah, I get these two mixed up, and I still do some from time to time. I'll talk about this or the other and get the names switched. I don't know why my brain can't sort the two out. But that would de- definitely have changed the dynamic of that movie a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if that meant that uh, Homer would be the Nick Cage role. <laughs> but, so, so we have our two superheroes, and because of that, they have their own superhero theme song, uh, which basically tells of their powers and their skills. And the little theme video shows them, uh, among other things, fighting Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Uh, using the Statue of Liberty to pop a Nazi blimp and then <laughs> meeting President Clinton and then Lisa, of course, going to shake his hand and smacking him against the wall. <laughs> oh, that's what I, the thing I love most about talking of The Simpsons is how dated references get. Yes. yes. <laughs> There's a uh, uh, there's one an episode we'll be doing. I, it's not in these first couple, but there's one where it's like the joke is killing off celebrities, and more than half of the celebrities mm-hmm. get killed off. I've now passed away. Right? Yeah, yeah. it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for for a little bit of uh, for this episode, they're doing you know a little Inception thing here. So there's actually an episode within the episode, and tonight's episode is yeah. Enter the Collector. I didn't even think of that, but you're absolutely right. Yep. yep. <laughs> so so it becomes a very campy Adam West, Burt Ward style Batman episode. Um, I mean, it, it's it's literally Batman versus the Joker at this point yeah. from the old '60s uh, TV show. Um, we uh, we cut to. Uh, the comic book shop and a bunch of nerds sitting in front of Lucy Lawless, who for some reason is in her Xena costume. <laughs> yeah. um, I've, I've been to many Q and A's. Yes. They're 99% of the time, not in costume. But, right. You know, who's going to argue with that, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the lines that kills me in this episode is uh, they're all asking questions about the show. And Frank speaks up and says, in episode BF12, you were battling barbarians while riding a winged Appaloosa. Yet in the very next scene, my dear, you're clearly atop a winged Arabian. Please to explain it. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, whenever you notice something like that, a wizard did it. Which is kind of just the perfect answer to shut those kind of questions yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he gets aggravated and asks yet another question, and she cuts him off with just, Wizard. Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds- That's pretty much this this really reminds me, and it and and maybe this has just set the stage for all convention Q and A jokes. But I, I immediately think of the the classic Shatner Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, thing. I mean he's not, she's not. It's not the same vein. It's not mean, but it's just like it's it's just whenever the whenever the panelist like just retorts, I think of I think of the Shatner skit. Um, off topic, just a second is uh, there's a video going around for the anniversary of Star Trek yeah. of a Q and A, and some guy got up and asked Shatner where he came up with the idea for "May the Force Be With You." Oh my god! <laughs> and, it, and honest to God, instead of him getting like pissed off about it, he takes it and runs with it and oh, says, nice. "I met this guy named George Lucas, and I said it to him one day, and he said that would be really good in a movie. So you're welcome." And like, just started ripping on the kid. <laughs> Uh, but it was really, really funny. Oh, I got to check um, that out. All right. Yeah, <laughs> nice. yeah, I'm sure it's up on the YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so 
she she's shutting down all the questions and giving giving the nerds a hard time when all of a sudden the collector comes crashing through the roof and the collector is the comic book man in his fancy green and yellow jumpsuit uh he comes crashing through riding a giant magnet like like you do and kidnaps lucy lawless because she's wearing her costume so she's got her metal chest plate on as he's raising her out of the building, she decides the only way to escape is to remove her her uh, chest plate. Must remove my breastplate. <laughs> and she looks down, and all the nerds get their cameras up. Yep. Right away. <laughs> Which, to go back to your point about seeing how dated this episode is, not a single camera film. Oh, right. You yeah, know, think of all, that. Yeah. all old flash bulbs. You know, now it would have been people were vining it or streaming yeah. it or Facebook <laughs> streaming it or whatever. So she decides not to do that because that would end poorly for her. You know, <laughs> it'd be like her singing the national anthem all those years ago. Oh God, um, I forgot about that too. <laughs> and and he's driving down the street in what looks like a Pinto or a Yugo <laughs> with her hanging on the back of it. Oh, I wanted to be a Yugo so bad. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it would have been a short episode. The Yugo probably would have exploded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they're driving down the street, and of course they have to pass the Simpsons' house, and and the kids are using their super strength to do their Sunday chores, <laughs> and uh, they decide they need to go help Lucy Lawless. So they start hanging their uh, Bart turns into a, uh, a pogo stick, and they start heading that way. Marge looks out the window, and in a classic Marge line, yells, "Remember, you're vulnerable to kryptonite." Jeez, Marge, tell the neighborhood. <laughs> so now we cut to the the basement of the comic book shop which begs the question why did they have to drive away from the comic book shop <laughs> right yeah in order to do this. <laughs> but we get down to the collector's lair and uh you see a wall of mylar bags uh holding other victims of the collector uh we see gilligan and spock we see the robot b9 from lost in space mm-hmm. Uh, we see seven to nine from Star Trek. Yep. Uh, we see some guy named Matt Groening. I don't know who he is. <laughs> uh, we see Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor Who. Yes. And then as he's taping her up, he informs her that she's right next to Yasmin Bleeth of the uh, Baywatch fan. I, the only question I have in this collection, I think, is Gilligan. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I know, right? That's the one that stood out to me. I'm like, why Gilligan? Yasmin Bleeth sort of kind of, yeah, but the Gilligan one is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he seals her up and s- states that he's uh going to marry her and make him make her his bride and uh the stretch dude and clobber girl come bursting through the wall uh he starts fighting with them and pulls out the only working phaser gun <laughs> ever developed it was fired only once to keep william shatner from making another album which i i thought that was a great gag because god those albums are terrible oh god yeah <laughs> Um, so he's fighting with Lisa and Lisa's getting into trouble. She calls for Bart and Bart's using his stretch ability to go put his head in the adult only section of the comic book shop, uh, <laughs> which, which as a young boy, you always kind of know what's behind that curtain. Right. Yeah. So, so I can understand his interest. Sure. Um, no complaints there. <laughs> so eventually he, uh, he zaps Lisa. He tries to zap Bart. Bart gets too tricky with him moving back and forth. So he just decks him in the head with the phaser. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I think that that reminded me of a, a, an old 
oh, what was his name? Oh, God. Who was the guy, the reporter from the original Batman? Robert Wool. Robert Wool had a stand-up thing on HBO, and he used to do a bit about Superman. It's like Superman would stand there, and the bullets would, would bounce off his chest, then the bad guy would throw a gun, and he'd duck out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Wool. <laughs> kind of um, reminded me of that bit. Yeah, that works. I'll go with that. <laughs> right. So... So he knocks both of them out. He ties them up using Bart and his stretchable ability and hangs them over a lucite tub that he just happens to have in his basement of the comic book shop. And as they are slowly, slowly lowering down like any good 60s Batman episode, uh, he goes up to Lucy, uh, Lucy Lawless and informs her that there are several names that he would like to be known as <laughs> on their wedding night. And those names are Obi-Wan. Iron Man, Mr. Mixel Pixit, and Big Papa Smith. <laughs> so Lucy's giving him the, uh, the, the, the business asking, you know, why me? You know, you could have any of the girls in these bags. Why, why'd you have to choose me? And he gives her a sob story and she sees an opening. So she leans in and says, well, I mean, maybe we are meant for each other. Growing up, I was always tall for my age and the other kids made fun of me. I, I always hoped for another misunderstood soul to share my pain. You could be that soul, Collector. Ooh. Come here, you. Xena needs Zex. Yeah. <laughs> and she grabs him, tricks him, grabs his lips, beats him up, and throws him into the Lucite. Uh, he climbs out of the Lucite and, and says that he has to get in his famous Lorne Green death pose. Right. And says, <laughs> Best death Ever. Uh, I tried so hard to find that clip. I, I, I have a vague recollection of that, of him like turning into a statue like yeah. in the same pose, but it, for the life of me could not find it without having to try to rewatch like several episodes in that time frame. So I was like, uh, I'll do that later or never. He's, he's pretty much bent down on one knee yeah. with, his, with his hand up in the air. Okay, gotcha. Uh, he, during his fight, I skipped this part, but during his fight, he does pull out the limited edition double-edged lightsaber from yeah. Star Wars 1. You could have skipped uh, that. That's fine. And it's episode <laughs> one. It's episode one. We can skip it. Yeah. <laughs> but but he does. they do bring up a funny point from the uh, collector can, uh, perspective of, oh, my God, you opened the package. Yes. Yes. And as as we know, uh, you know, if you if you ever been in Chris's basement, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Who didn't think oh, of I'm Chris? I'm sorry, Karen. <laughs> this is a show about Not alone. <laughs> So, so Lucy Lawless escapes. She uh, she helps Stretch Girl and Clobber uh, Stretch Dude and Clobber Girl get down, and then says, "Okay, well, let's get you guys home." And then just leaps into the air and starts flying back to the Simpsons' house. Right. Uh, Lisa looks at her and goes, "Wait, Zena couldn't fly," and she says, "Well, I keep telling you people, I'm not Zena. I'm Lucy Lawless." Right. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. So. I like this one uh, mostly because of the uh, the comic book feel to it, the 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 old uh, the Batman sixty six, and you know I do a lot of conventions, and mm. and I I know a lot of people who would do this kind of a thing if they if they had the time and the money, <laughs> right, yeah, you know, who who don't just want to collect the action figure, but would love to actually have access to the person. So this right. was just a broader, you know, exaggerated version of that. Um, Line wise, I always really liked Xena needs Zex. Yeah, I thought that yeah. Was, uh, the way she delivered that was always really funny. 
I love the way that she shot down the uh, the nerds at the Q&A. So I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, this would not be one of my five of fives. I would definitely go with a four or five. For this okay. One. Right. Okay. Um, this is, uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm glad she said it's on five of five. Because I was worried I'd offend you. This is not <laughs> one of my favorite Treehouse of Horror segments. Um, it's not the worst, uh, but it's 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 kind of in the middle. I did enjoy talking about it more than watching it, which was interesting. So maybe it's one of those ones I need to watch with with fellow fans and get a better laugh at. Watching it alone uh, wasn't it, 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 like I said, wasn't bad, but it's like I've I've had better. Mm-hmm. Um, the line of this episode for me, though, it's this will always make me laugh. Care for a Rolo, sweet Zena? <laughs> <laughs> Rolo, of all candies, Rolos. But I mean, it's still, it's, like I said, it's, it's not the worst. It's fun. There's a lot of, and if you've ever been, you have definitely the the most unique perspective of the three of us with the convention stuff. But even if you've mm-hmm. even experienced a convention and sat at one panel, you know the origin of a lot of these jokes. So it's oh yeah, it's a great reference. Um, yeah. when I, I do mean, watch, you, you said earlier about how, you know, they, they like to, you know, taunt and pick on themselves and stuff like that. And I can guarantee that like the people that write the Simpsons are pretty much those kind of people. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, and, yep. and they are spot on with how, how those people react right. in that situation. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, uh, as far as I, I kind of, when I get to the, when it's not an instant five out of five, I think about Am I going to watch it again when I go through these? I will watch it again, but it's some some years are just going to be like I'm just, I'm just not in the mood for this, and I'll fast forward by it. But I'm never going to not watch it again. So I kind of this is probably like one of the lowest ratings I'm going to give, and it's not a bad thing. It's just it's it's we're, we're we're talking about the cream of the crop, so so they're already great. So take that in consideration when I say I'm going to give it a three out of five, but it's a three out of five oh. of the best ones that are they've done. So it's a little bit of an odd way to rate these things. <laughs> yeah. That's I, like putting the original trilogy in any kind of order. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, uh, one has to be last, but it's the original trilogy. I mean, come on. <laughs> Karen's like, oh, yeah, well, there's one of those geek references. <laughs> the original trilogy of what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I Airplane know. or Naked Gun, I mean? Naked Gun? No, no, three. <laughs> Actually, that's a tough one to put in order too. Twilight, Twilight, get out! Uh, you're on the show. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> um, but I, I agree with you. It's not one of my favorites, and and same thing. I I watch it like I I watch The Simpsons like on a daily basis, <laughs> and now that. Xfinity has all the oh. episodes on demand. Oh, they do? Oh, I was going to yeah. say, FXX is already dangerous because when I'm flipping through channels, I stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Instantly. I mean, Monday and Tuesday night, that's I, that's what's on the TV. Yeah. Always. Um, but when it's actually rarely not on, I'll go to on demand. And I just, I watch the seasons in order. Once I finish, I start over again. Wow. So, okay. yeah, I know. Oh, well, I mean, I that's, that's, yeah, there could be worse. Well, no, not really. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say this is one of the segments when it comes on, I'll keep it on, but I may go, you know, get something to eat yes, or do yeah. something else while it's on. But, um, and I think part of it is there's a lot of references that I, 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 I won't say I, that I don't get, I get them, but because I'm not as immersed 
in the culture, I think is as Derek and others are, I, they're not as funny. They kind of fall a little flat for me, but, but I do the, the best segment part that I do from this episode do like is, is, is her wizard answer. Yeah. <laughs> I do find that hysterical because I think that's how I would respond to eat questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wizard. I can see that cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems it reminds me of the, uh, I hate to bring it up, but the Poochie episode. Because <laughs> they did similar things in that one yeah. with the, the Q&A. But it was more of just like the, the voice of Itchy and Scratchy telling them to shut the hell up. Yeah. You know? All right. So did you give a, a, a number rating? I, if you did, I missed it. Oh, no. I don't know. If I, I don't I'll give it again. If, I if, I, if you did, I'll just edit it uh, out. <laughs> I would give it, a, a, I think, a three also. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so that's still not bad. Again, when it's you're talking bad. about when no, you're talking about yeah. the top ones, it's it, something's yeah. some are going to be better than others. Even when you're talking about the top ones down again. Mm-hmm. So, but overall, I mean, it, it, this was it, these were three solid, definitely uh, episodes we could talk about. I mean, we did, probably when all said and done with editing, this would be about an hour. And it's it's funny because you put these three together, and it's only a half hour of airing. We've managed to double the conversation of this, so that's that's I think a testament to how good these segments are and how how much they're how fun they are to talk about. So that actually that wraps it up for this episode. So that is our three segments. So we'll be back with the next episode with another three segments. If you have just stumbled upon this podcast by searching for The Simpsons or Treehouse of Horrors and you don't know Neo's As, check us out at neozaz.com. We've got just, a, I don't even know the number of shows we have, but we have shows of just almost every imaginable pop slash geek culture. We have Star Wars in Character is one of our anchor shows. Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. If you are interested in Halloween events and, and without a doubt the greatest Halloween event on Earth, Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights. We have a podcast dedicated to that. We have the only, and even if it weren't the only, it's still the best tick-focused podcast that Derek is part of. Spoon, the tick versus the podcast. Uh, what else we got? Pass the popcorn, which is a current our current movie review podcast. Karen hosts a solo show, a very brave solo show because I, I get I, I get intimidated by solo shows, but it's called You Pick It, I'll Watch It, where you can suggest movies for Karen to catch up on, and she does actually do more research than I thought you were going to gonna do on that episode. So you research it, review it. And with that, I, you know what? I, I hate Nate writing off shows. They always miss something, but go to neozaz.com. Again, if you're new to the network, chances are you're going to find something there you like. So with that, I will say we'll be back with another special Halloween Treehouse of Horrors Halloween focused episode for our Halloween month here at Neozaz. So until that episode, thanks for listening and we will see you in that next episode. <laughs>